Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. This is Camille, a coffee chat with Camille show. Our title is High Value Relationship Building with Phil Palucha. Phil Palucha is an internationally renowned celebrity, entrepreneur, and business and sports consultant that's known for billionaires and boxers. Uh, Philip is exceptionally well-connected globally and is sought after for his ability to teach sports to business and business to sport, often the inter, intermediary for large-scale commercial and investment deals, translating football into business and vice versa. Philip has connections with current and future business leaders, as well as some of the best-known sports brands, including but not limited to the Premier League, FIFA, U, uh, sorry, FIFA, UEFA, ECA, CA, SMLS, IOC, SPF, Barcelona FC, PSG, Real Madrid, Liverpool FC, Olympic Lyonis, and Juventus and Boehner, Munich, Atletico de Madrid, y, y Porto. He is famous for his ability to take your business from unknown to unknown rival and his highly publicized long-term ambition to own Liverpool FC. For you, the beautiful audience, you can go to billionairesinboxers.com, learn more about Phil's work and billionaires in boxers. Okay, so I believe Phil, he's waiting. You need to come on over here and get to him ASAP because we had a few little technicals there. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm blessed, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, But I want to go ahead and get into our interview. How do I create high-value relationships? It's a good question. So I think one of the important things to recognize straight away is that you you have to have an idea of who it is you want to network with and who it is you want to build a relationship with. And that sounds like such a such a common sense answer, but it's amazing how often that's missing. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, one of the questions I like to ask people is, firstly, I'll say a statement and I'll say, my opinion is that it's better to be famous for 50 of the right people rather than 5 million of the wrong. Better to be famous for 50 of the right people rather than 5 million of the wrong. And, so, and I would say 99% of the time people agree with me with that statement. They're nodding away saying, yeah, absolutely, completely agree. 50 of the right people, not 5 million of the wrong. But as soon as I follow it up with the question, okay, so who are those 50 people for you? I get completely blank faces. Uh, nobody knows. They don't know who that is. And my, my point back to them is, well, if you don't know how, who that person is, how are you ever going to know when you recognize them? How are you going to know when you meet that person? How, how do you know where to look for them? So 
a lot of this comes down to just being strategic in in terms of networking and building these relationships because you know we've we've all heard the saying um it's not what you know it's who you know the reality is it's both because if you know something but you don't know anybody you are your industry's best kept secret but if you know the right people but you don't know anything you're a massive wasted opportunity so it's about combining what you know with who you know and that's where success really starts to grow from Excellent. And then why invest R25N into Southern Africa? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so my wife is from South Africa. Um, and it's a it's a region that I I have a lot of love for. I think one of the one of the things that I see a lot across Southern Africa, we have our, our TV network that reaches 50 million homes across 40 different countries that originally started in South Africa. It's now based in Germany, um, but we still do a lot of work with with sub-Saharan Africa. And and one of the things that I often find about entrepreneurs in that region is that they have these incredibly creative ideas. They're incredibly talented people. But they also have this misconception that success looks like doing business with the rest of their country or maybe even the rest of Africa. It's rare that they look at the U.S., for example, and say we could be the best agency in North America. We don't have to just focus on our local market. So a lot of our work is very much about taking people from unknown to unrivaled. I I like to use the analogy of we are the stage and the spotlight. So. There are many entrepreneurs that require both the stage and the spotlight and some capital investment. Uh, we were in a position that we were fortunate enough to invest approximately 25 million South African rands, so about two or three million dollars into into that economy and into those markets. Um, but particularly into entrepreneurs that we felt had the ability to have a, a global impact if only people knew that they existed. Okay, And then, what exactly does visibility? plus credibility equals profitability. Yeah. yeah, okay, I like that. That's my favorite formula, actually, is that visibility <laughs> plus credibility equals profitability. So when you, businesses aren't as profitable as they'd like to be, it's always that one of those first two things is missing. So I'll give you an example. If you are visible but not credible, you're the type of person who we see a lot doing keynote speeches, you're on television, you're a media expert, you might even be appearing in documentaries and movies about what you do, but you have a roller coaster business. So when you are on television or in the spotlight, you are earning money. But the second you go out of the spotlight, you stop earning money. And this is kind of what I see from um, a lot of my celebrity clients and celebrity coaches and consultants is that... You know, people look at their business and, and see them doing incredibly well and they don't know how crazy it is in the background and, and just how much of a mess their business model actually is. Um, that actually brings me to another saying I use a lot, which is uh, perception beats perfection. It's more important what people see and think about you than it is on how well it actually runs. Um, clients of mine summed it up really nicely recently when he said, it's better to be best known than it is to be the best. That's a great way of looking at that. Now, that's what happens when you have visibility but not credibility. The flip side is if you have credibility but no visibility, that's where most business owners actually find themselves. So they have clients who love them. They get referrals. They get repeat business. Lots of people will send business their way and like them, but nobody knows your name. You are not the person or the business that people, when they have that problem that you can solve, are thinking, yes, I need to go and talk to that person. So 
if you've ever felt, you know, if more people knew that I existed, they would want to do business with me, that's a surefire way of showing you that you have a credibility thing, but a visibility issue. And it's only when you combine credibility and visibility that you are truly as profitable as you deserve to be. Okay, perfect. Working three days a week is unusual. What does a typical week look like? Wow, what is a typical week? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so, for me, I, I aim to work sort of two to two and a half days a week is my is my target. Sometimes that stretches into three. I must confess, but um, my goal really, since falling sick as I did in 2020, I fell sick with COVID and then had pneumonia for seven months and. Um, I was a self-confessed workaholic around this time, so six days a week, 12 to 15 hours a day, quite comfortably. Um, And I realized that I was burning the candle at both ends and I wasn't in a position. um, I wasn't in a position to to give my clients everything that they deserved. I certainly wasn't spending as much time with my family and my daughters as I wanted to. Um, And. And frankly, I was—I had me at the bottom of my list of priorities. Everybody else came first, so I was quite happy to carry the burden and just kind of push on. And what what falling sick made me realize is that if I don't take care of myself, I have nothing to give. So I actually have to take care of myself first. Um, so as a result, I worked two and a half days a week. That meant that I had to get very good at designing systems and processes and delegating all things that I wasn't particularly good at prior to this. Um, but the irony is that actually as a business, we're now far more financially successful. We're achieving a lot more for our clients. We always did well. I mean, we've been number one in our space for the past six years globally, which I think is, is something to be definitely proud of. Um, but we're doing even better now. And I think that's because now I've experienced how to design systems, processes, to get better at delegating. You know, there's a saying, isn't there, which is that we teach what we most needed to learn. So now on top of everything that I've been able to share and the things that I'm best at, I've had to learn how to do these things, which means that I'm now in a great position to share that knowledge and that wisdom with my clients, which not only helps their business, but you know, I'd like to go one step further and say, you know, if I can help them learn the lessons that I learned via a near-death experience without them having to go through that pain, then that would be mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal for everybody involved. Thank you so much. And then how do you create international superstars and industry celebrities? So a lot of it comes down to giving people an ability to invite themselves. I think most people are waiting to be discovered, right? Um, and that's not how life works. They, you know, they're wanting someone to knock on the door and say, hey, we found your really obscure Facebook post or LinkedIn post. Would you like to come on Oprah? Um, and that doesn't happen. That's not how the real world works. I mean, there, there are when you see people on stages as keynote speakers or when you see people on those television shows and you think, how are they there? I know more than they do. Um, well, the answer, let me tell you the secret. The answer is that there's only one of two ways they got there. Number one is that they paid somebody a lot of money to introduce them, like a publicist, a celebrity publicist, a PR manager, or they strategically networked their way there and got the introduction. So if you're not doing either of those two things, you can't then complain when you don't have those results. But creating industry celebrities is actually relatively simple, and I don't mean to play down my own industry, but it's relatively simple because it's just a case of visibility. It's a case of making sure that the right people know that you exist, that you create the right strategic partnerships. In my world, we call these NCPs. 
non-competitive partnership, so who works with the same target audience that you do but delivers a different service or product. Plus, it's about global credibility. And You might be listening to this thinking, well, I don't work globally, so why do I need to be known globally? Well, let me give you two examples as to why that is. Number one is a phrase that I use a lot, which is international credibility equals domestic dominance. So if you are known worldwide for being the best at what you do, that makes you more valuable to your chosen market and where you look to work. Take an example of a pizza restaurant in Chicago, right? There might be a thousand of these pizza joints in Chicago. How do you stand out? Well, if you're the chef owner who's doing interviews worldwide and getting media coverage, magazine coverage, radio coverage, podcast coverage, stage coverage, recognizing you as the best pizza maker in in that region, then that local region, Chicago, is now blessed to have you because you are the one that is recognized internationally for what you do. Another great example of that is if you were an author and you reach best-selling status, great, that's awesome, but everybody reached best-selling status these days. So what are we going to do with that information? Well, that little blue ribbon that goes at the top of your book that says sold a million copies worldwide, that has such an, a huge credibility boost for you as a business owner, as an individual. It just instantly gets people plugging in straight away and saying, this person must know what they're talking about. Every time you do an interview, um, a podcast interview, a stage appearance, a media write-up, you are introduced as, this is Camille, best-selling author, having sold a million copies worldwide. That's how they introduce you. Now, let me ask you a question. Does that matter if you sold all million copies to India and Pakistan for 10 cents apiece? No, it does not matter because the credibility play is still there. You have still sold a million copies worldwide, which is why, I mean, who decides when you're a celebrity? I mean, as far as I'm aware, nobody knocks on your door and gives you a plaque and says, congratulations, you've now you know, achieved celebrity status. It's all a perception thing. It's how people perceive you. It's more important how people see you than how you are. It's better to be best known than to be the best. And Making people into celebrities, international celebrities and superstars in their industry is primarily about helping them work in their superpowers so that they recognize what they are best at. It's helping them craft the offers and position themselves in a way that they can dominate that market. And then it's about shining a giant spotlight globally on who they are so that the world knows that they exist. Okay. Outstanding. What are the first three things we do to increase our visibility and profitability? First three things that you do to increase your visibility and profitability. Uh, Step one is recognizing what your superpower is. Because if you don't recognize what your superpower is, everything stems from there. You've got to recognize what it is that you're best at. Uh, And I'll give you an example of a way that you can do that. It's often the thing that we play down as humans. So somebody will say to you, hey, oh, Camille, you're so good at that. And you'll say, well, you know, anyone can do that. I mean, I was just lucky, right place, right time, all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, it's easy for you because it's attached to your superpower. You know, if if somebody said to Spider-Man, oh, my days, you just climbed that wall. That was incredible. How did you do that? And he's just like, well, you know, there was a wall there and... It was fine. It's just kind of what I do. Or, you know, um, Superman, hey, you're flying through the air. That's incredible. Can you teach me how to do that? Well, you know, there was just a good breeze today. It's like, no, own your superpower. (laughs) Step into that thing that makes you incredible. 
Um, because from there, all great things stem, both in terms of creating partnerships, hiring people, but also what it is that you deliver to your market, that thing that helps you stand out and sets you apart. So step one is understanding what your superpower is. Um, and we do a lot of work around helping people to do that. Step two is around starting to get visibility. So I would recommend uh, joining up for websites that you can have a free account on or a paid account on, uh, places like podmatch.com, uh, matchmaker.fm, podbooker.com, all sites that you can go and start to get media attention pretty quickly for what you do and start to share your message. You know, Your vibe attracts your tribe. Well, you're only going to attract that tribe if you start putting that vibe out there. If nobody ever sees you or hears you, you're never going to find that audience. And they are three fantastic resources for step two that you can plug in absolutely straight away. The third one is starting to identify your NCPs and getting in contact with them, strategically networking with your non-competitive partners. I'm going to reiterate, these are people who work with the same target audience that you do, but deliver a different service or product. So think about the people who work with your ideal customers, your dream avatar, but deliver something completely different to you. Partnering with these people, borrowed credibility, making introductions and vice versa, creating uh, joint projects, creating masterminds where you're all contributing. This is all benefiting your client and the end user, but it's also helping you to grow as a business. You know, We do not have to reinvent the wheel here. Business is, is 90% innovation. And one of the most innovative things that you can do in business is network with the right people and ask the right questions. Okay. Thank you so much. And then, what is international credibility for domestic dominance? Yeah, awesome. So that was the phrase I kind of referred to a minute ago, wasn't it? So international Mm -hmm. credibility for domestic dominance is about if you are recognized worldwide for being the best at what you do, that benefits you even if you work with a very localized or small demographic market. Um, You know, being recognized as the best writer in the world, the only services you know, Manhattan makes you more desirable in Manhattan, not less. You know, being the creative agency based in L.A. who only work with a very small subsection of L.A. but is recognized worldwide for how great you are makes you more valuable to that local market, not less. So it's about recognizing that, you know, um, to give an example, if you are a business owner in the U.S., it's very noisy in the U.S. It's very difficult to get a lot of media attention when you're first getting started in the United States. So stop thinking about the United States. Think about how you can generate media attention worldwide and then bring that exposure back to the U.S. I'll give you a great but rather strange example of this. A friend of mine runs a very successful music band, and and they're very good, actually. Um, And he wanted his dream was to be in Rolling Stones. That That was his dream. He wants Rolling Stones magazine to cover his work. And he must have schmoozed and tried to impress the editor of Rolling Stones in the U.S., for about four years and he was getting nowhere nobody cared so he went and did a gig in india and managed to get rolling stones india to write a write-up on him so as soon as he was in rolling stones india he took that article back to the editor of rolling stones us and said we're actually an american band like i'd love to get some more exposure here i've already been featured by rolling stones they brought him out as as a write-up and an interview in their next edition Now, why did that happen? Well, it happened because he had international credibility for domestic dominance. It happened because other people recognized how great they were and now wanted to get involved. But nobody ever wants to be the first person to take the risk. 
That's why when media companies are looking to bring you on for an interview, the first thing they do is see who else has interviewed you and how well it went. If you want to get picked up by a large network, you're always going to get picked up by a smaller network first to see how you get on. They're going to take the risk on you, and then a larger network is going to cherry-pick the best ones. That's just the society that we live in. And we can talk about the rights and wrongs of that, but ultimately, if you understand that that's how it works, it's about recognizing that how do you utilize that? How do you make that work to your advantage? Instead of being frustrated that that's the way the system and the industry works, how do you make that work for you? You still with me? what happened to everybody but it looks like the call dropped and it's truly the first time this has ever happened and so um, what I want to do is see but I'm not even sure why that happened that was really weird <laughs> um, but I want to see if I can um Get our caller back or not? I'll be able to see now. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, no. Okay. Well, I don't know if Phil's going to be able to call back into the show or not. But what I do want to say is he gave us an outstanding um, interview, and I was very excited listening to all of his. Um, wonderful expertise. And um, again, the name of the show is High Value Relationship Building with Phil Palucha. And uh, I want to just uh, apologize to him because I don't, I'm not sure what just happened, but it has never happened before. The internet's good. So for some reason, though, the call dropped. Um, and I couldn't hear him. So at any rate, I will... Just have to end the show this way. Um, Phil Palucha is again an international renowned celebrity entrepreneur, business and sports consultant, best known for his billionaires in boxers. And um, he is, as you could hear, really truly amazing. And uh, I am so thrilled to have had him on the show. Uh, we had about three more questions to go, so thank goodness we were able to get through a majority of our interview together. But um, I just want you all to know that this is a very important episode for entrepreneurs, for people who are um, curious about celebrity and or want to be one, right? 
or want to go out there and get your brand or your name um, out into the world. I, I really enjoyed listening to him talk about the worldwide exposure and just how important that all is, right? So um, for now, I am going to say goodbye. And uh, thank you, Phil, so very much. <laughs> I'll write you, and then maybe we'll have a part two, okay? And for now, thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening out there. Oh, I want to uh, announce this, too. Portugal uh, is a new country that's listening to the show. So if you're my one or two or three or however many listeners, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, and as you can see, we have we have high-value guests. I have um, some of the best ever so far. And Phil um, was just magnificent. I'm just like kind of like bummed about <laughs> the, the connection doing that. So we'll see what happens. I've been waiting, I think, since oh, for a long time. I want to say August, but that might be too far back. But I've been waiting for a minute to have Phil on the show. So it's, as far as I'm concerned, that has, in fact, been accomplished. And he is amazing. Again, you can find out more about what um, Phil, who he is, what he does at billionairesandboxers.com. Okay? You're going to learn more about Phil's work and billionaires and boxers. All right? Thank you all for listening. Bye, Phil. Thank you, Phil, so much. Bye for now.